Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. In Australia, the law says we're meant to work a 38-hour week. In reality, though, many of us do a lot more. But how many extra hours is considered reasonable? That's a question being tested in court in a high-profile case involving the Teal MP, Monique Ryan, and her former staffer, Sally Rugg, who says she worked up to 80 hours a week. Today, an expert in employment law on why Australians are working too much and what the case could mean for employees across the nation. I'm Dr Giuseppe Carabetta, and I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Technology, Sydney, and my specialty is employment law. Giuseppe, I want to discuss this legal battle between the Teal MP Monique Ryan and her Chief of Staff, or former Chief of Staff, Sally Rugg, because lawyers in the case say this is a test case, a case that could have ramifications in other sectors, not just for political staffers. What's the federal court actually looking at? What's it considering? What it's looking at, essentially, she's claiming that they've taken, the employer through Monique Ryan, have taken adverse action against Miss Rugg because she raised the issue of unreasonable additional hours. Sally Rugg was appointed Monique Ryan's Chief of Staff after the Teal candidate toppled Josh Frydenberg to win the inner Melbourne seat of Kuyong. But six months on, the working relationship soured with Miss Rugg refusing to work additional hours, which she described as unreasonable. So under the Act, under the Fair Work Act, basically you have a 38-hour week. Anything above that needs to be reasonable and there are various criteria. Now that's what the federal court will ultimately, if it goes to full trial, there's an important qualification there, but that's the ultimate issue here. Whether the hours that she claims that she has been working are excessive or unreasonable. So Sally Rugg, she was the Chief of Staff for Monique Ryan, who was elected last year. I just received a call from Mr Frydenberg congratulating me on uh, winning the seat of Kurong at the federal election on the weekend. Sally Rugg, she's an activist herself. She has quite a mm. high profile. She does. Melbourne, we've been to Sydney, we've been to Canberra. Perth, you've outdone them all combined. So... What is she actually accusing Monique Ryan of? What, what's the claim that she's making? Well, according to the affidavits, the essential claim is that averaging something like 70 hours a week, you know, not just during parliamentary sitting times, but, you know, meetings in un- unsocial hours and that kind of thing, like on a Sunday, she's alleging that that is excessive and she's exercising her rights to say, I'm not going to do it. So you've ordered me to do it. That's an important, that'll be an important legal argument as well, whether there was a request or a requirement for her to do these hours and they'll they'll to and fro with that. But provided she gets through that hurdle, she will then argue that constructively you've actually dismissed me because you gave me no choice but to resign um, because you were not happy when I raised this issue with you. She's alleging that she worked 70, even up to 80 hours a week, which just sounds like a lot. 
and that she then was unfairly dismissed because she exercised her right to refuse to work such unreasonable working hours. Yeah, I mean, the term, as, as you know, academic eggheads like myself won't, mm. won't say it's an unfair dismissal because it's gone down a different route, but essentially, mm-hmm. yes, that's right. And what does Monique Ryan have to say about all of that? Oh, Monique Ryan is denying it all. This whole situation is sad and it's difficult and I really wish that it could be over so that I could go back and to working for my electorate, which is my, my first responsibility. It's the job that I love. She's denying that there was ever a request, for example. Monique Ryan is saying that there was no dismissals. She's saying things like, you know, maybe you should have managed your job differently. She's also pointing to the, I think, in court, I don't know that Monique is, but I think the Commonwealth and Monique's lawyers will, will point to the nature of the job, the fact that there is factored into her, her contract of employment, this top-up payment, which, which anticipates, you know, that you will work beyond the standard uh, weekly hours. The issue is one of degree, so it'll come before the judge, the judge will go through these criteria, and one thing that the judge will need to determine is, is it excessive or not versus what you're being paid? Mm, And we can see from the court documents that they had a fractious relationship, Monique Ryan and Sally Rugg. I mean, there was a a question over Sally Rugg boarding a flight, for instance, when she had COVID. Yeah, but I mean, these, uh, can I just say that, you know, I'm not surprised by any of that, not because it's, not because of parliamentary culture, but, you know, in any workplace where if, if there is pushback by an employee, then, you know, the relationship will often, more, more often than not, at least, break down. So, Giuseppe, the federal court is looking at what is reasonable overtime. I gather what we consider to be reasonable would have changed dramatically over time. Absolutely. In Australia, we've gone from my parents when they came out, they came out here to, you know, we came, we saw, we concreted sort of thing. Your parents came here from Italy. Yeah, I mean, they came out here and they did 70-hour weeks, but that was by choice. Right. <laughs> and the perception was that Australia was a really, uh, I don't want to use the term, that we were not lazy, but we were, you know, pretty relaxed and uh, we were unionised. A quiet, orderly crowd has just received the announcement of a shorter working week. Today, man can work less if machines work more. Homes, food and clothing and the thousand little things that make for happiness and comfort. This, then, is the dream. We had, uh, we had some really decent employment conditions. Our hours were not excessive. Now we're one of the worst offenders in the world. And things have changed, though, dramatically now. Because we have access to our emails on our phones, our phones are with us all the time, it's like we can work at any point. Absolutely. That's changed the landscape, hasn't it? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the broader context. You know, you've got... Post-COVID, it's that, that issue has been exacerbated. How many people do you think are in sort of that position that they're working a lot of hours? Most professionals I know. So if you had to count 10 of my, my immediate friends who, who have more degrees than a thermometer sort mm. of thing, they, they all, you know, we all do 70 hours a week. But so, I've got to say, it gets complicated, Sam. A lot of my students, for example, our superstars, they'll go straight to the big, the big three accounting mm. firms or the big mm. law firms. And there's a culture, and this, this comes up in one of the submissions for Miss Rugg, there is a culture where you want to do the 70 hours. You want to do, you know, 
to get ahead or, or because it's cool or because you the brand or whatever. So how often do we see these sort of cases make it to court? They're very rare. Mm. Like there was only one recent one last year, but there's only been, you know, less than a handful of mm. these cases. Why is that? Why don't we challenge this more often? Oh, for various reasons. Even though in most sectors at the moment it is an employee market, at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of workers, you know, they understand the power imbalance or they don't even know. A, they don't know the laws. So we had a migrant worker last year who wouldn't have even understood that it was a 30-hour week mm. and plus reasonable hours. But, you know, it then comes down to an issue of power, I think. So are you going to push the issue? As you say, I think... I don't know her, but I think I think Miss Rudd is a real, you know, she's she's a strong character. She's got other other options, I'm sure. So she 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 probably felt that she could could raise it. Most of us, I don't think, can. So Giuseppe, how can the federal court determine what is reasonable overtime? Okay, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what it what it does is. It, it goes, okay, we need to look at the issue of hours beyond the 38-hour week. So they start at that. The question is, what is reasonable? There are 10 factors to be assessed, including the nature of the job in question, the personal circumstances of the employee, including, for example, Miss Rugg has, has raised that she's a stepmom, and the surrounding circumstances uh, where the, in which the actual overtime was, was you know, worked. But basically they're trying, the 10 factors are trying to balance the needs of the employer versus the needs of the employee, but there's no magic touchstone. And also we don't have many test cases, so we don't have guidance. Let's let's just go back to that, that point about mm. it being a test case because the lawyers for Sally Rugg say it will be because they say it could open up the door for further litigation, including class actions in other sectors, not just in parliamentary work. Yeah, sure. Do you think that is possible? I think that's possible, but I, I just don't think it should be over-exaggerated because I think even though we, if there is a decision on that issue, we will get guidance, so both employers and employees, and that may open up. You know, it, it, it will certainly bring the issue to legal prominence so people might start thinking about it more. So people who wouldn't even realise, for example, that this is uh, a contestable area, employees, that is. But, you know, if you don't have union support and you don't have the resources, yeah, I don't know. And also, I do think that the nature of her job is is to some is somewhat unique. I think it will be confined, essentially, to its own facts. It's a test case to a point, but this reasonableness test um, will always turn on its facts. Giuseppe Carabetta is an Associate Professor in Employment Law at the University of Technology, Sydney. This week, Sally Rugg lost a bid to keep working for Monique Ryan, with the Federal Court ruling it was not tolerable, workable or even realistic. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.